Welcome to Smart Muslimer Podcast. Inshallah, if you find this podcast episode useful, please subscribe and tell your friends and family about Smart Muslimer. Also, good news, I have a newsletter and that's how we can stay in touch. To subscribe, please go to smartmuslimer.com. Details are also in the podcast notes. In the newsletter, I'll be sharing my book recommendations, productivity tips and online courses that I've created and also information about a new book that I'm writing called Smart Single Muslimer. Inshallah, it will help you to transform the way you approach love and relationships. Inshallah, I hope you're well and having a really good day. Uh, so what are we talking about today? Muslim influences. Are you slightly sick and tired of being treated like a, some kind of dumb passive consumer who will follow, like, comment and then buy whatever an influencer is trying to sell you? Because let's be honest, influencers are just walking talking adverts that's what I've come to realize and um, I don't used to follow many of them I now am so um, sick and tired of seeing you know on any all my social media it seems like everyone is just trying to sell you something and but what's it's really sneaky the way it's done when it comes to influencing us that it's not with an advert you see you know an advert when you see it when you're watching tv and you can forward the adverts or you can switch channels but where on social media sneaky is the word because they way it will be by them just wearing clothes or showing you um stuff that they've bought <coughs> and they're not saying it's very subtle it's and when you're constantly getting these images on your feed you just um start for then thinking oh let me go and check out this brand let me go and check out what they've just recommended or told me and I think a lot of us you know are it's we're becoming we're rising up to this that social media is just one big advertisement and although influencers they are not the problem they're a symptom and that's really what I want to look at and it's it's been a bit of a wake-up call for me and with me whenever I find out something and it's, it's you know it's a bit depressing that you think oh god I've been tricked I've been duped into thinking that these people may um, understand me or um, because they look like me because they are wearing hijab and even if they're not wearing hijab it's just it you then th- you trust them don't you that that's what it, it is you trust them and you don't even realize once when it turns into advertising when they are just selling you and they are using you and I'm this is I'm talking about men women um, Muslim non-Muslim and we have to really be critical about this that what are we consuming because with the phone it's always there isn't it it's you're getting notifications you're seeing story you're um, and what they're doing is they are constantly advertising to us And what effect does that have on us that just think when, think of the people that you follow and when you're seeing um, pictures of them and it's, you know, um, 
photoshopped isn't the word but it's filtered and and these pictures they are they're not real pictures they're poses aren't they they're created they're not norm they're not real life it's not like random pictures you know and when you start noticing these things and you notice oh they're bringing their husband into it they're bringing their kids into it they're bringing their home into it they're bringing their extension into it and for the purpose of what why why are they doing this and it is you can then see the links and they they have sponsorships they have deals they're brand ambassadors that's what makes you realize oh right you are trying to sell stuff to me that is all I am to you I am your audience and you know maybe initially um, how does someone even become an influencer that's what I was thinking and you know you start off let's say you've got you've got your um your, your account on Instagram or your YouTube channel um or Facebook whatever and you know you then start it's something you're interested in let's say it's cooking or um clothes makeup and then your audience grows and then what happens is advertisers contact you and say oh can I give you some free stuff and can you use it and you know share it share it I you know and that's how it starts but um and you know you do think okay people want to you know people working from home this is a way to get an income and I understand that but I think what we are all realizing is how when those influences start influencing you in an un-Islamic way that is a big problem and I think this is why people um and and I did a podcast on this about the when hijabis were taking their hijab off you know, there's one thing you're doing something privately in your home and you're struggling with your faith that's between you and Allah but when you go out and you publicize it that's when there's a problem it could be publicizing any you know thing that Allah dis- it dislikes tells us not to do and the fact that we know I know in my uh, affair of people that I know that they have been influenced and I'm sure you know people who have been influenced um, in that way and therefore that is not a good thing no we can't use the um you know there's that thing oh who are you to judge why are you criticizing this is between you and Allah that all goes out the window because when it happens in public and when it is affecting very impressionable and I would say now even young people old people we are all now susceptible because we all have a phone in our pocket um to these influences and I think we really need to wake up you know, I I include myself in this and be very careful about who we are following, um, how we are letting them influence. If they are, um, you know, you have to think about your mental health, really, that seeing these cons, these fake photos of perfect people, it has an effect on your own self-esteem. And I'm really advising you as your sister. I've unfollowed them. I really think, I think you should unfollow them. You should talk to your kids about who are they following because um you know the uh, level of nudity of these influences the level of you know and what this is when I say Muslim and non-Muslim the level of um to get more to keep people interested you have to keep pushing the boundaries and those boundaries go into the haram for non-Muslims for sure so this whole podcast is a wake-up call for all of us and because we shouldn't why should we be passive consumers we're not passive we're intelligent and it's given us a brain we need to use it and I think what's really interesting is during the lockdown that I was reading a couple of articles 
And um, there's one where um, you influencers were complaining that in the lockdown, their um, revenue and their advertising uh, money has gone down because, and and that really hit the nail on the head when I read that, that they rely on, you know, um, all the props of outside to make them look interesting. So whether it's, you know, um, holiday destinations and food and, you know, things in the background. But when you're in your home, it's just them, isn't it? You know, and so what is it that, what is their amazing talent they they don't have an amazing talent. That's the bottom line. Their amazing talent was taking a photo in a location of some food and um, filtering it and touching it up to make it unrealistically beautiful to make me and you want to buy it. That, that's all they're doing. And so what's happened due to the lockdown is advertisers have dumped them, you know, because um, they're not they have no use. And that makes you think, what is their use? And I might sound a bit harsh, but it's because they're encouraging this rampant consumerism. And I'll talk about that a bit later on. But why is that such a bad thing to be these, why to be this, these crazy, crazily consuming so much? Why is, does that contradict Islam? And even, um, But another thing that came up was that how, um, you know, during the Black Lives Matter protests that you had um, social media stars um, what they were doing was they were turning up at these protests and just take as a they're using it as photo opportunities. So you had mainly white um, social um, influencers going had posing behind tanks and protests, but they were then just walking off. They weren't taking part in the protests, and even just the way they were dressed showed they weren't because it was you know they're all um, you know totally inappropriately dressed for a protest. And um, what happened was people then videoed them doing this. People, actual protesters, videoed them and they put it online. And so naturally and correctly, there was a backlash against them. And it's things like that that really expose the opportunistic nature of someone whose whole purpose is just, like I said, they are just there to advertise goods and make money from us. Um, they don't genuinely care about these uh, causes. Um in the case of these people anyway. Um, and not to say that there aren't some who do. Like, for example, I was looking at an Instagram feed of this um, hijabi supermodel. And um, like, there was a variety of different photos. So some were of her wearing a burkini, a very um, tight-fitting, skin-tight clothes with a wavy scarf. And now the thing is that, what is that telling me and you as a Muslim woman? You know, is that telling us go to... the I'll tell you what it's telling me is yeah go to the seaside wear this outfit and it'll be fine you can look just as gorgeous as me or it's it's all right you're covered um <coughs> excuse me and um but then also it had something relating to um you know um again black lives matter and muslim girl who was who was killed so what I see in that is there's some cognitive dissonance going on that on the one hand you've got you feel this love for Muslims and you want to do, you're using your platform to speak about something that is good in Islam, you know, and you should talk about. But then you're doing something completely contradictory where you're disobeying Allah in the way you're dressing. You know, it's, you can't have both. And we have to see these contradictions. We can't just think 
that oh um oh at least they're doing something good because you have to look at the bad as well you can't ignore the bad and you can't you know you have to ask would you do that would you put skin tight clothing on and take and put it on instagram would you happy be happy if your daughter or your daughter-in-law or whoever which other girls um did that in your family you said we're okay when it's someone who we don't know we say oh no give them the benefit of the doubt but we wouldn't let our daughters do that let's be honest um so you know there are many things to think about um when it comes to the influencers like i said we cannot be passive um and it's interesting that you know they we are we are funding their lifestyle let's be really clear when we um when we are influenced by their um again i can only call it their fake lifestyle and these photos is pretend happiness that they convey we fund it so if you're thinking oh i need to save money for that reason alone i would say unfollow them um but it's interesting that um there's a uh, th- th- this other idea that <clears throat> somehow somehow like they're our friends and they know us we need to realize they are a brand they have um a team you know not the small ones i'm talking about the big ones they have a team they have photographers they have um social media you know account managers they have you know um they have people who contact companies to get sponsorships so this is a business yeah and so we should know that and it's I found this statistic quite shocking that 40% of millennials believe their favorite creators understand them more than their friends. They don't even know they exist. Again, you know, let's, they do not, this time we put time and energy into their lives. They're giving us nothing back. Yeah. Shouldn't we be putting our time and energy into our own families, into our elderly parents, into our kids, into our husbands and our wives? that's who we should be putting not into them who they don't know us um it's and it's sometimes you know we really have to hear this and maybe because I'm you know let's be honest you don't know me I don't know you but the thing that connects us is where sisters maybe I had brothers listening to this as well I'm just gonna stick to sisters you are my sister I should want for you what I want for myself yeah we have <clears throat> the prophet peace be upon him said we're like one body you know when one part hurts the other part feels it you know when you have a fever it's a really beautiful hadith very famous that's our relationship so should i just be manipulating you and trying to make money out of you is that what is that my relationship is that an okay relationship for one muslim to have with another yeah and especially if i'm manipulating you to do something haram and that's what's happening um so we have to think about that that these this um relationship that we have with influencers it's sim it's is it even symbiotic no it's not it's one way they are making money from us i can't say this enough and we have to you know defund them that's what we have to do when people think oh but what can you do that's the way life is no that actually that's a really um passive that's Muslims we're not like that there's a lot we can do in our control um and um you know the if we think about um you know the influences in our life um 
there, we have many, there were good and there were bad. And there are some that, there are, you know, Muslim lifestyle influencers that have beneficial content. You know, I, um, uh, there were one or two I watch, I, to be honest, I don't actually have that much time because I'm spending, alhamdulillah, my focus has changed. I'm reading more. And then the stuff that I'm reading, the like for example, I've got that event coming up. Why has it become so difficult to wear hijab? I would rather put what I've learned into content that I can then t- teach to others, explain to others. If that's something you know that that's what I'm spending my energy doing, and so. But um, if uh, sorry, I'm starting to waffle slightly. I'm losing my train of thought. Um, so what I was saying was that there are good influence out out there and you should grab hold of them you know alhamdulillah they're there but I think you have to have a like a criteria for who a critical thinking criteria that okay if someone's going to start advertising stuff to me that I'm just not interested in was going to take me away from Islam because people can start off good but it then goes it goes downhill because you know what the problem is that we're just copying what I've noticed is a lot of the Muslim influencers they just copy what the non-Muslims have done you know you've got um you know they market a lifestyle that has no marked difference from their non-Muslim counterparts you know with their view of success centering around material possessions and a prioritization of their own needs and desires over everything else that you know when you think I'm, I'm just gonna I don't follow any non-Muslims but I'm just thinking of Zoella um who I know of that again she started in her bedroom she was making videos for young girls but then it just, she then produced all these products with her na- name stamped on it, really low quality products. Um, and she was just trying to pump them out to her audience. And that's what you see um, a Muslim influence. They're just copying, the, you know, they're going down that lizard hole so fast. And we're kind of on the, you know, coattails. And we have to get off those coattails um, and be aware of that. So, and the point is that you think we have... Um, you know, it's interesting that when there was a survey done in Britain where um, kids were asked, what would your, what would you like to become? What are your um, goals as far as career? And there was a, quite a high percentage that said they would like to be um, YouTubers. Um, it's, uh, I'll put, I'll try to find it and put the link in, um, yeah, here it was, <laughs> okay, it was in the sun. Children turn backs on traditional careers in favour of internet fame, study finds. So that was something, you know, um, what the percentage exactly was, I'm not sure, but that is something that is is like an aspiration now. And I, I bet if you ask your kids, they, they see it as an easy, quick way to make money. And, um, you know, it's like you don't have to do that much hard work. You know, really, do you need to have much of ta- much talent to do it um, and skill? Okay, people say I spend a lot of time editing. They'll say I edit my videos. I have to send emails. I have to do pictures on Canva. Um, yeah, that's not that hard to do. Um, you know, any teenager could do that. But um, like I said before, what, what do you end up giving of yourself to achieve that fame? Yeah, you're, you give away your privacy you're quite happy to sell every aspect of your life um, to to keep those followers and to stay relevant. But on the eye, speaking about followers, let's be really honest. A lot, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these people who have thousands of followers, 
they buy those followers to get you know to nowadays you know it's get rich quick and instant gratifications um and so you can go just google it you can from india you can buy like ten thousand followers snappy you know one click and that's it and that's and you need those followers to get noticed by advertisers so don't be fooled when you're seeing wow they have so many followers they are bought um even comments you can buy comments when you look at the comments on people's instagram posts especially the famous ones some people they they, again they they want to piggyback on their fame and so they comment really quickly they want to be the first person to be up on the comment section so they get noticed so you can see it just feeds this um um narcissism just feeds it's fed off and other people jump in and copy them so one of the piece of advice i'd like to give if you we really need to talk to our youth about this about to our nieces nephews our kids that if you see them starting to want to be like that who's going to if we're not going to advise them who is you know if we might have a friend or um a sister who's starting to do this we need to get them to start thinking it's um i've had a couple of people who've said to me that based on the stuff I've put on Instagram and the podcast it's changed the way they're thinking and viewing these things and so alhamdulillah just think if you do that you're you're sharing that reward of helping to guide someone and inshallah seriously this is why I'm saying this right now that it's um, to advise and to get us to get you and me to think and remind ourselves of that we don't want to go become like that um okay so so going back to what is um why is it this um, kind of material, you know, a cornerstone of the influencer industry is its unholy marriage to consumerism, yeah? And so what is consumerism? Because aren't they just, like I said, they are encouraging us to just consume. That means buy and keep buying, but also, you know, like can you the, to get us to click, they have to keep getting us to consume their pictures and videos and uh, care about their lives that's how it starts and then you they build a trust and then that's it they've got us so now consumerism is a social and economic order that encourages an acquisition of goods and services in ever increasing amounts so i'm going to go into the history a little bit with the industrial revolution this happened in you know kind of um victorian times but particularly in the 20th century, mass production led to overproduction. So, you know, in the past, think of rural economies where you want to make a chair. If I want to make a chair, I have to make the whole chair. What happened with the Industrial Revolution is that you now had a factory where one person, and you've got, you know, the conveyor belt system of production. I put on the legs, next person puts on the seats, the other person, I don't know, paints it. And so you can make more chairs quickly yeah so there's overproduction of chairs now yeah so the supply of goods would grow beyond consumer demand and so manufacturers turn to marketing and advertising to manipulate consumer spending yeah so we are advertised the whole purpose of an advertiser marketer is to manipulate us and encourage us get us to buy things we don't even need make us want things we didn't even want yeah and so um what we have to see is influencers are one strategy they're one of the tools in the bag of an advertiser 
and as we know because with social media increasing then you've got um and they how many years ago 30 years ago the word influencer didn't even exist now everyone knows it now there's an interesting book written by Veblen who wrote in his book on the new leisure class that was developing in 1989 he observed that view that views the the activities of views the activities and spending habits of this leisure class in terms of conspicuous and vicarious consumption and waste both are related to the display of status and not not to functionality or usefulness so this leisure class it's you could say it's people like us who've got more money than we need and so we can spend i'm not saying we're all like this and um i'm not criticizing anyone who has a lot of money by the way but it's like when you have more you know you've got money to spare and um what can happen then is it's function so it's not that i need the product it's to display status yeah so you we may buy clothes or a car or um makeup or handbags um whatever to show convey that look i'm rich now i'm going to speak like there's an in islam there's a view about this as well and i will come to that in no way am i saying you cannot be rich islam doesn't say you can't be rich um okay now um so what you've then got is um the pursuit of the good life that's kind of liberal idea through practices of what is known as consumerism has become one of the dominant global social forces cutting across differences of religion class gender ethnicity ethnicity and nationality it is the other side of the dominant ideology of globalism and that's from uh, paul james's book globalization and culture so what he's saying here is this this whole consumer culture it's gone global yeah it's everywhere so it's not just a western problem and so consumerism reflects the perfect state of human progress according to rusto in his book where he argued that the highest state of human development is mass consumption so the reason why i'm bringing these books and these um authors in is that this is about then um, the how liberal society doesn't see a problem with consumerism he actually thinks it's a good thing um you know whereas and so we're living in a liberal society and so we are um encouraged to be consumers buying and spending you know that's a good thing um and so the idea of retail therapy um you know uh, researchers selling at lay and market meloy found that 62% of shoppers had purchased something to cheer themselves up and another 28% had purchased as a form of celebration so what you have is and we all do this we buy stuff to um make ourselves happy yeah and when you think of influencers they always show their lives to be happy they are so happy in their garden playing with their kids um you know hashtag #next hashtag you know whatever the company they're trying to put that sponsored them you know i'm so happy with my husband having tea um hashtag #pg tips you know that's that silly that it's so they're always showing that their lives are so <coughs> unrealistic and unbelievably happy but what's interesting is except when they want to do a sad video 
where they're talking about some problem and then they're still and they're only and it's again it comes across as very fake because they then just they just try to either sell you some kind of self-help book or tell you how they got out of it and again it's usually linked to something um and I've seen these videos and and I'm sure you have as well so I'm sure you know what I'm speaking about so it is this kind of um you know you then don't believe anything that that, that's what um you, you then lose trust in them but sorry going back to retail therapy so we've got um this is an interesting the first reference to the word retail therapy was in the Chicago Tribune of Christmas Eve 1986 where it's they wrote we've become a nation measuring our lives in shopping bags and nursing our psychic ills through retail therapy and and that's true it's so true um in 2001 the European Union conducted a study finding that 33% of shoppers surveyed had high level of addiction to rash and unnecessary consumption in a 2013 survey of 1000 american adults found the practice being more common among women 63.9 percent of women and 39.8 percent of men and then women were most likely to buy clothing while men were most likely to buy food with relief from anxiety being the most common reason for retail therapy. So I would really say that, um, you know, this service, we have to really think about this. I remember I used to go to Primark and I would just go in there and I would leave with two bags and I think I didn't even go in there to get, I only went in there to get um, socks <laughs> and, I, and I bought two bags of shopping and, um, and I, I can't, I, I had to really stop and think. I can't. I think it was once I started reading more articles like these, and um, that made me realise. Hold on, what am I doing? Um, and it's this. Un- it's when we go into unthinking mode. That's when we start using buying things to make us happy, rather than stopping and thinking. Well, what does how what solution is Islam given to any unhappiness that I'm feeling, any problem that I'm facing? And the problem here again. I'm gonna the influences then come in and. You're just feeling unhappy, look on your phone and, oh my God, they look so happy. I should just, if I buy, if I buy that makeup, my dark circles will disappear as well. You know, my hair will look thicker and, you know, flow and more fluffy and bouncy because hers does. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Um, so let's, um, I want, oh, okay, now consumerism and individualism. So for advertisers, now this is really interesting. To get you to buy their products, they rely on reaching the target audience. Okay, that's us. This target must be stripped away from all other influences that may allow them to make other or rational decisions. Individualism is another liberal idea that consumption is built upon. So what I'm saying here is that when you we're told to encourage to be individual, be unique, be independent, yeah? words like um, liberated woman you think what am I being liberated from you know autonomous teenager you know autonomy auto you're in charge Um, we're told to be like that you know um, that's like the perfect this is beside a strong independent woman how many times have we heard that you know um, 
that's what we're told to be. But when you're independent, when you are liberated, when you are autonomous, you're on your own. That's you, where's your, um, it's like we're being told, don't be close to your family. Don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to your husband. Don't listen to the ones that love you. Then who are we going to listen to? We're listening to the advertisers and the marketers. And um, what was and 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 this and who are our new friends? Our new friends are the influencers. Whereas, and so can you see? So we're more easier to advertise to, because imagine when you're not listening to the people that love you. And uh, and I completely forgot. Astaghfirullah. Allah. Allah is the most important in our lives. It should be the most important. Allah loves us the most. Cares about us the most. So when you have taken, um, when you're not listening, when we are not listening to Allah, we're not listening to our family. When you know when they're, they're giving us good advice, we're susceptible to to ad- advertisers, and so um, we're then you know we're much more. Let's say we're going to make. Let's say for example, you know, I'd say this is a good one that, um, you know, when I have a okay I have an idea I want to buy something and then either I can just see the adverts and see and then think yeah okay I'm gonna buy or if I then go and speak to my husband speak to my kids you know and say I'm thinking of buying this and I then think I know I'm gonna text my sister and say ask her what does she think of this and I might and I'm gonna ask my mum oh what do you think then they're gonna give me sound advice because they have no vested interest in me buying the product and it's interesting, I actually do do that. And I'm sure you guys do that. When I wanted to buy, what did I want to buy? When I, oh, that's it. When I wanted to buy the smoothie, the smoothie, smoothie maker, I asked my brother, who I know, he researches. If you, he'll research like 50, like do two hours research on a product before he buys it. So I know I'm going to ask him rather than just looking at the Amazon ratings, which are can be bought anyway. And then, and that's exactly what I did, and um, it's worked really well. So in the same way, when my mum wanted to buy a new Hoover, she my, she then called me and said, oh, you bought this one, didn't you? What was it like? And then I gave her advice, and I said, yeah, get this one, don't get this one. So can you see, that advice is based on um, genuine care and love, concern, not on material benefit. I'm not getting any, I'm not affiliated to Amazon that I'm trying to get them to buy it that that's what I mean so we must keep those good influences in our lives and literally wrench out and remove the influences that are just trying to sell us stuff which again are you know the influences which is my focus today um now the other um this kind of net now you know what I said about when when we are living in this bubble of um, social media, um, it demoralizes our mind. Yeah, um, that's one of the effects of it. And um, I'm going to give you some stats. Um, three deca- decades ago, the average age for the first onset of depression was 30. Today, it's 14. Researchers such as Stephen Izzard at Duke University points out that the rate of depression in Western industrialized societies is doubling with each successive generational generation. At this pace, over 50% of our younger generation aged 18 to 29 will succumb to depression by middle age. And so um, 
this has this has happened in an environment of um you know this extreme materialism and consumerism and individualism and there's a really interesting article called the demoralized mind by john f schumacher in the new internationalist um he writes many traditional cultures that lack depression entirely or even a word for it western consumer culture is certainly depression prone so he's saying in eastern countries and third world countries they don't um have this epidemic of depression that exists in the western world and um and he continues in fact when people with a diagnosis of depression are examined more closely the majority do not actually fit that diagnosis in the largest study of its kind ramin mojtabai of johns hopkins bloomberg school of public health sampled over 5600 cases and found that only 38% of them met the criteria for depression so what it's saying here is that not um it's actually a lot of people they don't um they aren't depressed they they're demoralized and the major reason for the poor 28% success rate of antidepressant drugs is that a high percentage of depression cases are actually demoralization a con- a condition unresponsive to drugs so what is this so saying people aren't depressed they're demoralized so what is this demoralization so rather than a depressive disorder demoralization is a type of ex i can never say this word existential disorder associated with the breakdown of a person's cognitive map it is an overarching psycho-spiritual crisis in which victims feel generally disorientated and unable to locate meaning, purpose or sources of fulfillment. Okay, that's the important bit. So he's saying if you're demoralized, you are unable to locate meaning, purpose or sources of need fulfillment. Your needs aren't being fulfilled. As it is absorbed, consumer culture imposes numerous influences that weaken personality structures, undermine coping and lay the groundwork for eventual demoralization. Its driving features are individualism, materialism, hypercompetition, greed, overcomplication, because a few more I'm not going to go into. Um so okay I'm gonna that was quite wordy so what this study has shown and what Schumacher is saying is that in a in um in the world we live in today people cannot find locate meaning or purpose in their life and um so especially when think think of you know when religion has been taken out of your life what purpose where's your purpose what is your purpose then and so even for muslims like we're muslim we believe in allah but if our purpose has um is being um directed by if we are allowing the social media that we're consuming to direct our purpose in life so if it, our purpose in life mean is to look beautiful all the time or to have a beautiful house or to have a beautiful beautiful kids and beautiful husband that and so we're spending all our time trying to um be like the people we're following that isn't if that's become a large part of your life then that's a problem that's saying your purpose in life is has 
has become skewed it's it's gone wrong yeah and that and he's saying this will lead to you always feeling unhappy because why why are you going to feel happy it's because the dream they're selling is not true it's a mirage and you're never going to achieve it I'm never going to achieve it and we'll never be content with what we have because they're going to keep trying to sell us things and we're never going to be able to attain them because let's say we might not be able to afford it yeah you can't change your husband you can't change your kids you can't change your house if you haven't you know they can afford these things because they're getting sponsorships yeah but we can't that's what we have to realize and you're then going to feel like oh I, I, I'm not getting my goals I, because doesn't um don't a lot of influencers rely on envy I think so they they um they want us to feel jealous of them that's like a driver because if we want um they can't say that but you know don't you feel jealous when you see certain things and think I wish I had that I wish I want you know uh, I wish my husband was like this I wish my my kids like this you know I think it's actually really disgusting the way kids are used by them um disgusting might seem harsh but it's because young children have no choice in the matter and you're actually raising kids to be narcissistic and have massive ego and you're teaching them that your looks are the most important thing um and you're using them just like props yeah I think that that's what I mean by disgusting the odd photo here and there I'm not criticizing anyone who puts photos up of their kids um but you know hasad is a real thing uh, the prophet spoke about that I do think we I would advise us all to think very carefully about when and how and why we're putting kids our pictures up to our kids and I would even say our husbands and wives why why do you want to display your spouse to other people um it doesn't make sense to me you know um so I thought that Schumacher article was very interesting because he um you know it's um uh you know research shows that in contrast to earlier times most people today are unable to identify any sort of philosophy or life or set of guiding principles now we we sometimes look at non-muslims say oh that's their problem but we as we know are just as guilty of it but um so we can't pretend we're we're not affected and despite the surface appearance to the contrary the consumer age is deathly boring since the life of the consumer revolves around the overkill of meaningless, manufactured, low-level material desires, it is quickly engulfed by boredom. And uh, that's what it... If, if you look... Do, do you, you know when you see... If you look at... Oh, again, I'm just thinking of Instagram. Everyone is just copying everyone else. Like, if you look at... I'm just going to use the example of... Um, you know, kind of whether it's... We could think of like... Look at the, um, you know, the lifestyle of um, house. People show the inside of their houses, the kind of decor. They all just look the same. Yeah, it is boring. When you th- think of the thousands of pictures you've seen of um, when it says, you know, hijabi um, vloggers or, you know, they all look the same. But everyone's pretending they're individual. But you just, everyone's just copying everyone else. And now, and what you have now is it's just copying, you know, exactly the way non-Muslims do it. It's just put put a scarf on, a head-to-head cover on, and it, it could be exactly the same thing. 
Yeah, and that's anyone can observe that. I don't think it's uh, hard to see that. I'll tell you something uh, really funny. I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, but there a guy did an Instagram page solely dedicated to exposing. Uh, you know when people um, take photos, like um, uh, what's the word when you're posing for photos and you set up these pretend situations and then you take a picture or video. And on his Instagram page, what he he's asked people to send videos, film people doing this because you know you see people doing it as if you go to any kind of nice looking place, and the page is hilarious, um, and so and it shows how at this one really funny one of the guy wearing like this bright pink suit, and he's got the um, tripod and he's he set it up and then he's putting his hands up in the air and you know like looking like he's so happy and to the sky and you can tell and then he quickly runs to the tripod to turn the camera thing off and then he go then he goes and does it again because the shot wasn't right um and there's other ones of i'll be a woman to, she's flicking her head that way and flicking her head that way constantly just keep flicking her head and taking photos until she's got the right photo of her hair flicking and and he um and it's really really sad when you see that and it made me think of the times that i may have done that and i thought when you see someone else doing it, you realise how shallow and such a waste of time. Why did I used to waste my time doing that? And I used to do it, and I'm not going to do it again. I don't want to, you know. Um, there's one thing taking photos just for your family, and just for yourself. But why do we need to broadcast our private lives to everyone? And it's because that's what non-Muslims do. That's the way that they have, and we're just copying them. Why are we copying them? yeah and why that I guess that that's really we have to ask ourselves why um so let's look at I just want to end really with if we um Islam and consumerism um so now um Islam never placed a cap on wealth nor restricted a human if he was so inclined to own to items of luxury okay so you can have if a uh, rizq is from Allah so we can have we have that risk and if we want to buy luxuries that's fine that's not a problem you know there's a very um nice um saying okay uh well no 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 this is um um surah 57 i 20 um know that the life of this world is but amusement and diversion and adornment and boasting to one another and competition in increase of wealth and children isn't that that could be that could be the tagline for social media yeah adornment boasting to one another competition in increase of wealth and children um and it continues like the example of rain whose resulting plant growth pleases the tillers when it dries and you see it turned yellow then it becomes scattered debris and in the hereafter is severe punishment and forgiveness from Allah and approval and what is the worldly life except the enjoyment of delusion so the analogy is being given here that the, this life of immunity is like when you, you know I'm a gardener I don't know if you guys are um you, you know when uh, you plant something and then it grows and you're so happy what did I grow I grew a courgette well I didn't Allah grew it I just put the seed in but Alhamdulillah I was so happy when it turned into a courgette plant and then every now and again like they um, 
I can pick a courgette. And so again, you're pleased, like it says in the ayah, but then it dries up, it's going to, you know, shrivel up and you it's going to turn yellow and it crumbles and I'm going to put it in the compost heap and it becomes debris, yeah? So that's what the, these things that we're being encouraged to mass consume, they, they're going to be nothing at the end of the day. So why are we investing so much time into them? You know, and then says, um, Allah says, um, um, and in the hereafter, severe punishment for, and forgiveness from Allah and approval. You know, so we want Allah's forgiveness and Allah's approval. So that's why, so if we have, you know, there's always a way back. That's what's amazing. You know, I've made mistakes, you've made mistakes. But there's a way to gain repent, do thoba, gain repentance and learn from our mistakes. Yeah, but we don't keep, don't keep the bad influences in your life that are going to make you um, carry on being silly and stupid as we have been um so there was a very nice um here we go this is a quote from ali ibn abi talib may Allah be pleased with him do not speak about your money in front of a poor person do not speak about your health in front of a sick person do not speak about your power in front of a weak person do not speak about your happiness in front of a sad person do not speak about your freedom in front of a prisoner. Do not speak about your children in front of an infertile person. Do not speak about your mother and father in front of an orphan, because their wounds cannot bear more. I think that's an amazing saying. Um, and um, I think that's that should be a guiding principle for us, that although um, Allah may have given us blessings, blessed us with so much we don't need to shove it in anyone's face because we don't it's not nice we don't know um what other people could be going through um now you know the revelation detests the miserly the spendthrift the arrogant the ungrateful and the one that believes his physic is determined by his own deeds um in surah um Kaf, remember it speaks about the two people who have gardens and one it's, I love that part of this sewer because I I really understand it because I'm I'm a gardener, uh, that, and I'm always having to remind myself when I when I get a rose when a rose blossoms, you know gladioli are out now. I have to always remind myself this is all by the will of Allah, and I just I'm just the facilitator. I'm just watering or weeding or snipping things. It's Allah that created all this. I, I didn't create it. And so that therefore we shouldn't be arrogant about our risk. Now, as long as we we pay our zakat and we encourage you, know, we should pay sadaqah. They they two things keep us grounded. And Allah Most High said, "Beautiful for mankind is the love, is the is love of the pleasures from women and offspring, and stored up heaps of gold and silver, and horses with their marks, and cattle and land." That is the comfort of the life of this world. Allah with him is a more excellent abode. So the hereafter. So we can have these things, but we should always keep our eye on the prize, you know, which is Jannah. So, but if a person acquired wealth, there is no known evidence that suggests, okay, this is about cu cu cupping, ca capping wealth. But, okay, now here's the difference. Islam differs with liberalism. 
on this matter in two levels when it comes to consumerism. Firstly, Islam did not leave society to decide what values to prioritise over others. Rather, there are four values that people seek. We seek materialistic values, humanitarian values, moralistic and spiritual. The Ahkam Sharia did not allow us to leave any of these values, but through the complete adherence to the Sharia, Allah's laws, we achieve all of these and don't leave others. A society that is left without revelation will focus on one at the detriment of the other. Liberalism subverts all values to the materialistic value. This creates a harsh society. So what we're saying is in Islam, there's all four if we look at the, if we looked at all the laws in Islam, all four values, materialistic, humanitarian, moralistic, and spiritual, all four are equally distributed. You know, where we have a balance. But in liberal societies, materialism becomes the most important thing. And we can see that the, the fact that people with wealth are looked up. Um, so uh, our role models, you know, becoming rich is a goal. Um to you know to like it doesn't matter what you do to attain that wealth you know get rich you know or die trying as that you know as, as the phrase goes and think of you know um whether it's trump how enormously rich he was and um how he was you know some people still do look up to him so um some societies may just focus on spiritual values leading to lazy and unproductive societies Islam created a society where human courtesy meets productivity, where looking after the elderly meets worshipping Allah. So you see, we've got, this is the balance that we're trying to create in our lives. Um, the idea of society leads to, this idea of society leads to human happiness, as it does not undermine family, community, spirituality, humanity and other important qualities. However, ultimate happiness is fulfilled by Allah alone, when one develops a strong connection with Allah and it is achieved by seeking Allah's pleasure in all things. I'm going to say something here that if, and only you can answer this, if you have a stronger connection to your phone and to the people who don't even know you exist, um, then you have, then your connection with Allah, then therein lies a problem. Yeah, that that is not good. For And so we, we have to address that. Um... A Muslim that looks to please Allah will begin to value life, but at the same time value the Akhirah. On the authority of Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, who said that the Messenger of Allah wasallam, said, Allah mighty and sublime be he said, Whosoever shows enmity to someone devoted to me, I shall be at war with him. My servant draws near to me with anything more loved by me than the religious duties I've enjoined upon him. And my servant continues to draw near to me with nuafil works so that I shall love him. When I love him, I am his hearing and I am his hearing with which he hears, his seeing with which he sees, his hand with which he strikes and his foot with which he walks. Were he to ask something of me, I would surely give it to him. And were he to ask me for refuge, I would surely grant him it. I do not hesitate about anything as much as I hesitate about seizing the soul of my faithful servant. He hates death and I hate hurting him. 
Um, this was in Bukhari. So that was, um, I thought it was a really nice um, narration to, um, to you know, come to the end of, the, of this podcast that I think that's what we need to be thinking about. Um, you know, it's, um, uh, there's some, um, um I, I guess there, you know, it's, my parting advice really would be that we have to, I think only self-reflection is important. I've gone through a lot of self-reflection and changed, um, people who I follow and the influences in my life a lot if from a year ago to now it's and I think it's that will only happen by self-reflection and spending more time um, um you know making inshallah the Quran and Sunnah the biggest influence in our lives that is who that's what should be the biggest influence and so of no one's saying leave social media but you can then find social media accounts that are that have Quran and Sunnah as their um, basis and then inshallah that follow them and that will be your influence as well you'll have another good positive influence in your life um, okay inshallah take care uh, just so you know with the event what why has it become so difficult to wear hijab there's still tickets available 98 have sold which I am alhamdulillah I'm really happy and I'm I've been spending a lot of time literally the whole week this week has been spent on researching and getting ready for that so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you so you can on event the link is in my bio if you go to the thinking must no th- yeah thinkingmuslim.com you can get tickets from there if you go on event right that's where the tickets are and that event in Charlotte is on the 8th of August okay take care assalamu alaikum This episode is brought to you by farhatamin.com, a website that specializes in Islamic stickers, Muslim activity books, as well as Ramadan and e-decorations. Wholesale and reseller inquiries are also welcome. So visit farhatamin.com today.